Hi everybody, welcome into the Broncos Europe pre-game show. Who's ready for a late night filled of coffee? Um, Adam Gase and the Broncos Thursday Night Football, baby. Joined with Colm. Colm, welcome into the show. Week four, week before London. <laughs> Can you... Um, there, There is another timeline, Michael, where COVID doesn't happen... <sighs> And the Broncos and are on a flight tomorrow, and we and and those injuries haven't happened, and it's a complete. We are sitting at, and we're four zero. Yeah, we're we're well, we're certainly we're four zero and headed over, but that's not not the case in this timeline. Instead, we're we, well, yeah, we, we had a very frank discussion with Stuart, uh, and obviously we were both there as well. Obviously, after the game on Sunday after the Bucks game, and it was live, it was raw, it was right after the game, literally minutes after the game, and we haven't really talked since. We've sort of been chilling out all week, not doing top about the Broncos, but now we have to, the game's tonight, so do you still have the same opinion, like, in terms of what happened on Sunday? What What is your opinion ahead, before we have our guest on, what, what is your opinion ahead of tonight? Like, are you confident? I don't want to say the word confident. No, I, confident? I, I, I would. I don't think confident, right? And I, I, I it's it's twofold I, because I think there's there's almost there's there's almost like we're heading into this game. There's almost a civil war in Broncos country between those who are saying that you know um, the 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 Vic Fangio needs to needs to do more, and those who are saying, well, wh- what can you expect? And I can see both sides of the coin in some ways, right? Because, yes, we've had an unprecedented level of injuries um, this early in the season. We did have a lot of injuries as, as well last year, but this early in the season to lose the type of players that we did after what the excitement that we'd had. But the Broncos have struggled to score points since 2016. This is the fifth year. So when when people are saying be patient, we've had five years of struggles. We've had five years where we haven't gone above the 20th ranked team in terms of scoring points. So that's what's on my mind going into tonight. We are playing the Jets. Since 2017, these are the two teams that have scored the least number of points in the NFL. Um, I thank, thank God I'm a Broncos fan watching this because if you were a neutral, I don't know how this game w- would appeal in, in many respects. For, for Broncos fans, it's fascinating, right? We, we have yet another young QB starting, um, but this guy looks like he can actually read a defense going to be interesting to see how he does when he starts it's always easier to come into a game because the opposition haven't had time to prepare for you but as as broncos fans we have lots to see tonight like to with all the injuries who's going to step up we you know and and we're uh, we're we will um talk to our, our guest i'm sure because he's a good friend of, of shelby harris who is um, it who's the uh, guest it is the one and only Broncos insider Brandon Cristal, and uh, he he's knows Shelby quite well, so we'll discuss it. But I think Shelby is a pivotal player tonight because he's going to be so important for leadership. We're going to see what Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick can do in the absence of Sutton. Um, you know, so there's there's an awful lot to to consider and to ponder upon and you know that's before the ball has been kicked once kickoff happens will it be what we hope it will be let's see 
tell you what, we, we'll have a proper chat about this in a second, but here's our first guest, KOA, Colorado Radio's uh, Broncos insider, Brandon Cristal. Okay, folks, welcome into the Broncos Europe pregame show. Delighted to be joined again. Week four column, week before London, baby. Uh, Broncos Europe pregame column. But joined today with Brandon Cristal from KOA in Denver. Brandon, I know you're not concerned at the minute about a London game, which is not going to happen. But a pleasure to have you in just before this Thursday night football game, man. Well, to stick on the London game, and I, I can't remember the last time we talked. I'm sure I told you my wife was pregnant, and the odds that I was going to get to go were... 50 50 at best and if based on when the baby's due here at the end of october i may not have been in new york tonight anyway even with a quick trip on the broncos plane maybe had her sister come down stay with her for the night but nothing worse than being stuck in new york uh and then next week with a trip to new england i would have skipped that so that's you know knowing this schedule knowing that the broncos would have been in london next week uh as you guys are saying or if that was the expectation I almost certainly wouldn't have been able to hang out with you guys over there because I can't say, Hey, I'll see you in a week. Please don't have the baby. Um, if it was one of those things where based on her pregnancy history with the, the other two kiddos, if things have been smooth sailing, Oh, she gets to the end. No problem. But that's definitely not the case um, with, with our older one. And then, and then our two-year-old uh, it was the babies came early. So you're on high alert all day, every day. And half the time when I get the phone call from her, I'm like, please just be checking in or tell me what the heck's going on. You know, a text is almost better than a phone call. Uh, but so anyway, I'm not going to get to see you guys this year. Hopefully next year, the Broncos opponent matches up that they get to go to London for a game. And if not next year, soon, you got to think they'll have a game with the Jags that maybe that'll match up soon or whatever. But sooner than later, I want to get over there, especially after watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV. I think I've got, <laughs> I think I've got my wife convinced to not only come over, but, We'll try to see a soccer match as well. Colm, I'm yet to watch that movie, but it's good to have Brandon in, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and Brandon, I was going to say, like, we, we need to bring you to a, a proper pub, but you have quite the bar set up uh, right behind you. <laughs> yeah, and I guess the question is, based on what we see from the Broncos tonight, how much will I be uh, dipping into it? Uh, uh, I'm only half kidding. Even though I'm working from home for these road games, unlike, unlike uh, a normal year, uh, I'm... I'm certainly not going to I'm not going to drink too much because I do have to deal with all my post game stuff between all the the Zoom press conferences and then everything else that goes into getting ready for uh, Friday mornings on KOA. But uh, based on what we've seen in the first three games and I was obviously at the stadium for two of them, had I have been home uh, and, you know, the Steelers game, I was just trying to process the Drew Locke injury as well as what was going on with Cortland Sutton. Uh, I could have maybe emptied out the bar. I know plenty of Broncos fans, certainly if, if they were in my situation, they there wouldn't be any bottles with any liquor in it behind me. <laughs> yes, sir. And the game over here for us, obviously, at 1 a.m. or 1.20 a.m. tonight, so it's going to be hard for us to do that, but we'll see what happens. Brandon, a couple of things. Obviously, a very different outlook on the season to when we last spoke to you. And I'm just talking generally in regards to the, the logistics. How are you finding the whole Zoom thing with the players? Because I think for me... I don't even know where I would start. It must be a very different experience, both uh, online and then those first two games must have been extremely different without the crowd. 
Yeah, and so the first game, I ended up being thrust into the sideline reporter role on the broadcast, which kind of came out of nowhere uh, because Susie Wargen wasn't feeling well. And with the COVID protocols, she didn't even want to come down uh, to the stadium and, and then be sent back home. She just wasn't feeling great. So they let me know a few hours ahead of time that I was going to be the sideline reporter. There were about 500 friends and family of the Broncos players, staff, uh, and even some Broncos staffers who didn't have a game day job that I saw in the stands behind me. And they did that as kind of a, a preview, a, a dry run that the governor wanted to go through all of the safety procedures for this last game that had 5,700. But even 5,700 with a lot of Bucks fans, by the way, it doesn't feel the same as as a packed and power field at mile high. So that in and of itself is certainly weird. And, and it is weird whenever they cut to wide shots. Uh, but the way the NFL is shot, when you're watching a game, you can't really tell that there aren't people in the stands. Their cutaways, instead of being to screaming fans with their face painted or holding up a defense sign is just to the coaching staff or to one of the players and, or to a suite maybe every now and then if there's somebody up there. But so I think that it's, it's unique, but it's not that weird versus when you watch baseball, because they have to shoot baseball kind of wide, even the, just the, the pitcher over the pitcher's shoulder, the standard shot to the batter is 10 or 20 seats. So they're either filled with cutouts or, whatever I was watching some baseball playoffs I think it was down in Atlanta and there's a, a cutout of the security guard that you know stands there right well you don't have that in football so you haven't really been able to tell I think basketball and hockey have done a good job without any fans too here uh and I haven't watched as much MLS but in Europe I can't really tell until they do wide shots on uh when I'm watching yeah. Premier League or anything else uh, I'm just watching I'm just watching soccer uh but as it relates to the zoom calls it's Weird because you don't really know who's coming. So during the week, we do. We know that Vic's going to talk every day. We know that Wednesday's a quarterback day. Thursday's Pat Shermer and and Ed Donatel. Normal weeks. I'm not talking about this week with the short week. Uh, and then on and then a couple players mix in, and we kind of can ask who it is. Uh, not only we can ask who it is, we can ask for somebody specifically. And you're getting about four of those a day. Friday's always not only Coach Fangio but also Tom McMahon, special teams coordinator, and then one or two more players. Well, this, this week being totally different. At, with the game, you know you're getting the quarterback. After the Steelers game, they surprised us by getting Drew Locke as well. And you're getting some players that played well or that are good talkers. So Dalton Reisner, Justin Simmons. This week we got Shelby Harris. Uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, I think we got after the opener. And and so you, it's about seven total Zoom calls. And so it's coach, quarterback, and five players. And you don't really know who it's going to be. Uh, and it happens fast. But then you're kind of just done. Now, I don't have to write, so I'm not trying to get anything out on deadline. I've got the sound, but because we're the Broncos station, we've already talked to coach and quarterback. And in one case, I think after the second game, Noah Fant as well. So they've got that back at the studio. I'm obviously working from home for road games, press box for home games. And I'm just like, okay, here are the Zoom calls. Now cut it up, send it back, whatever. And then I'm just kind of done. And so it goes way faster than it, than it did. And you just kind of look around and it's like, oh, and another thing, too, I don't know. If, did you guys go back and watch the Zoom calls the other day after the Bucks game uh, or watch them live? I don't know if you saw them. We went live right after the game. I tried to watch it, but we were just uh, digesting sure. the performance. Sure, instead, and, so. it's, and it was a tough one to digest, too. But <laughs> because guys are kind of jumping on and jumping off and, and there's a cue and you raise your hands, again, I'm not writing anything, so I don't have to jump on or jump off. I ended up like leading most of them. <laughs> it was like, okay, Brandon, you're up, you're up. And so, cause I went back and I played him and put him on the Broncos daily podcast. And I think four of the seven, I asked the first question and then got to ask a follow-up cause they, they ask you to put your hand down. And I always have more questions. 
<laughs> so so you are your sideline reporting you're, well, you're leading the, the charge on on questions you're 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 taking on all sorts of uh of new stuff during the this covid uh, era um i suppose obviously the the season hasn't begun um in the in the way any of us wanted it to there was so much excitement when we talked to you previously a, a few months back. We were just coming off the, the back of a really exciting draft and we're all excited about what the, the season might hold and what are we now looking at? 55 million worth of talent on IR and, you know, um, a, a, another new starter at, at quarterback at tonight. What uh, what are you expecting out of um, Brett Rippon, Brandon? Well, I'm expecting you to see a kid that's going to go out there and be decisive, just like we saw against the Bucks. right? He gets the ball out on time, uh, if not early, right? He's He's got a quick clock. And the one thing about Brett Ribbon, there's a couple things, but he, he has a command of the offense. He is certainly a really smart player. And I'm looking at, at this game tonight kind of twofold. Can he go out and play well and maybe keep the job for another week if Drew Locke's not healthy and maybe they don't move on to Blake Bortles or not? You'd have four quarterbacks in four weeks. <laughs> Uh, which no offense ever wants and at any level. Uh, but it takes me back to when uh, my now almost 14-year-old was playing flag football and they switched to quarterback every play so that every kid got a chance to play quarterback and they, I think, scored zero offensive touchdowns <laughs> that year. Anyway, uh, you don't want that at the NFL level, certainly. So you want to see how well he plays tonight against a bad Jets team with a bad Jets defense. You know that Greg Williams is going to throw the kitchen sink at. Lloyd Cushenberry and that O-line, but specifically picking on the Rook, picking on Rippon. But then if he does play well, you're looking ahead and projecting out for the Broncos. Jeff Driscoll's not a part of their long-term plans. But I was told by somebody in the building at the end of the season last year that Rippon and Locke are such good friends and so close. Uh, you know, and as Brett was with Drew, as Drew's going through the IR rehab last year, they're on the VR simulator every day before practice, after practice, and they've become super close. They're the same age. They both started uh, four years. Of, I don't know Brett started all four years at Boise, but they're four-year college guys, literally same age, good golfers, and just really good pals. Can he become the Gary Kubiak to Drew's John Elway? Now, that's saying a lot about Drew. Can he be the next John Elway? That's putting a lot on the kid. But just the, the surefire – you know, set starter. And if Rippon can be your backup, well, you can probably get him pretty reasonably year over year. You're not paying 7 million like Andy Dalton is getting in Dallas and you're not even paying the two and a half or three. I think it's two and a half maybe that Driscoll's getting. So I think you're looking at it twofold, but kind of to go all the way back to the original question, what do I expect? I expect that you'll see him get rid of the ball. He'll be decisive and hopefully he spreads it around like he did the other day. He's got plenty of young targets in, in Judy and Hamler and Fant. So kind of keep them all involved, use the running game, and and just be smart with the ball. Maybe don't take too many chances. Take chances when they're there. And and I think you'll see a solid effort. Do I think he's going to go in and light the world on fire? No, but I don't think anyone's expecting that. If he does, then we can talk about it tomorrow or next week <laughs> and say, wow, Brett Rippon, is, he, is there going to be a real quarterback controversy with he and Drew Locke when Locke's healthy? Like that, that would actually in such an unpredictable season, that would be the most likely thing to happen. It'd be hilarious if it did. Here, uh, Brandon, one guy that really uh, impressed me, especially in the first game, and correct me if I'm wrong, lads, but Jeremiah Tatsu uh, is out for tonight. I really enjoyed watching him the first couple of weeks. What do you think we need to do to try and really get at this Jets team? I know they've struggled big time, and we've had other guys on in different uh, language shows saying, I think the Jets are really going to struggle, but. You know, I I can just see a team that's going to look at the Broncos in the same way and just go, no, we can take them. 
Well, I think they may think that. I do know this. There's unrest in that locker room. Talking to people close to it, Adam Gase is not well-liked by offensive or defensive players. And it's one thing to not be liked by the defensive players. We know that it was never going to be a great situation with Gase and Greg Williams. Greg Williams hired his son. Gase didn't have any issue with his son. I don't think other than he's Greg Williams' son. But Gase's father-in-law, Joe Vitt, who's on the staff as well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, at least he was last year, he was the guy who basically dimed Greg Williams out to the NFL investigators about Bounty Gate in New Orleans, and then took over as interim head coach. So that's that's Gase's father-in-law. They're all in the building together. So it's I think it's kind of offense and defense are two separate houses, right? The Montagues and Capulets, if you will. But you would think that offensive players, other than Le'Veon Bell, might like Adam Gase, an offensive-minded head coach. And what I've heard from pretty good source, uh, not directly, but secondhand, they aren't really feeling Adam Gase on the offensive side either. And I don't know how much of that is based on Darnold's struggles, based on what Le'Veon Bell's doing to potentially poison the well, if anything. And I, I can't say that he is because I don't know if that's out there. Um, so I don't want to just make it up. But you've got a locker room that doesn't like their head coach. Now, that doesn't mean they won't win because inevitably he will, will keep his job or get fired regardless of, I don't say what they do. But this is the NFL. They're going to go out and play hard. Uh, so I'm sure the Jets think, yeah, we've got a chance to win this game. We're going to get back on track. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Now, uh, Brandon, I suppose, look, you, we could spend plenty of time talking about things that haven't gone right this year. But one of the things that, um, I, and I suppose he's a bit of a cult hero for Broncos Europe, is Shelby Harris. And Shelby has, you know, um, put in a, a couple of big performances, as Shelby o- always does. Um, you, you, Shelby's been speaking to the, the media recently. Do you, like, do you think with Jarrell Casey now going to IR, can Shelby grow even further into that role on, on the team, given, you know, he's in, a, he's in a contract year as well. He's looking to prove his worth further. Yeah, and I I don't think they've reached out about any kind of extension. I don't think they really planned on having him back, and then Vic Fangio really greased the wheels on that and talked to Shelby and said, hey, if you're going to sign for a minimum deal, why not just stay here? Your family likes it here. He's got uh, an older stepdaughter who's in eighth grade, so she was finishing out middle school, and then he's got a little one, another little one on the way. His family, they, they love it here. They're going to stay in Colorado. In fact, they just built, uh, bought a house, I, I believe, uh, to be their forever home, if you will. Uh, so he'd like to stay here, I think. The question is, if, if how much do the Broncos want him and at what cost? Because not only is Shelby up, you talked about Jarrell Casey, his contract's up. You have to decide what you're doing with Vaughn Miller in the final year of his deal where the money won't cost you too much if you do the dead money. I think it's a million and a half maybe if they were to move on from Vaughn. You don't want, you don't want that to happen. I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying these are the big ticket items that are out there. You're going to have to pay Justin Simmons. Now, there's a chance you can let Casey go and his money could kind of go to to Shelby. Kareem Jackson will be in the final year of his deal at about $10 million. You don't want to see him go, uh, but it's one of the – and maybe it's actually a little more. Maybe it's 11 or 12. Can Shelby do enough to where they're like – even without Jarrell Casey, without Vaughn Miller, here's Shelby living in the backfield, knocking passes down at the line of scrimmage. He's 28, 29 years old. He's still got three or four really good years left. Let's give him a nice deal – I don't think you have to break the bank for him, but he did change agents from Drew Rosenhaus to uh, athletes first and Ryan Williams. And so does Ryan advise him, Hey, look, you're playing great. But if, if he ends up with, we'll call it eight, 10 sacks. And when you have a two sack game, it's easy to kind of project that out uh, potentially. 
right? If he's all all of a sudden there, then it, it may not make the most sense. But if they were to drop a thirty-six million dollar contract in his lap now and say, "Hey, we want to sign you a three-year, thirty-six million dollar deal and pay you eighteen of it guaranteed or whatever that number is," then I think he he'd probably be pretty quick to sign it. I guess it's can he do enough to convince John Elway, Matt Russell, Vic Fangio that. Look, we have our own home homegrown. We'll put that in quotes. But he's been with us for a few years now. He almost got out the door. We got him back for a bargain basement deal, and he's proven to be one of the bright spots. Like you guys mentioned, uh, I didn't look at the Pro Football Focus numbers this week. I know last week he was, I think, the highest rated defensive lineman in that loss to the Steelers. And this week he knocked the ball down and sacked Tom Brady twice. Uh, and I know I at least had one stop in the backfield. So uh, he's been a bright spot. And if y'all want to, we can talk about these young guys because. I think that's maybe the, the silver lining to all of these injuries. And I just actually just you mentioned that brand that remember whenever Shelby was on chatting to us, he was literally buzzing in like June or July to play Brady. So when he did sack him last week, it was pretty cool. And I was gonna ask him Melvin Gordon, even just your thoughts on his performance, Brandon. But yeah, you're you're completely right. The one positive that you can take away is the strength uh, of of these young guys. Like Noah Fan, for example. Hey, what like second well, first, second first season, Colin? Second season. Second season. You think he's been in the league for 10 years, around the way he's playing at the minute. He's just just great to watch, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And it does give us a positive outlook on the season so far. Well, and and the one thing you hear about Fant is that he's getting better every day. I think Pat Shermer said that, or Vic Fant, like every day he's getting better. And he's had two really good halves, right? The first half against the Titans and the second half against the Steelers. Uh, so he, he obviously found the end zone a couple times through the first two weeks, not, not as much in the third week, but uh, – he did catch a, f- a few passes. And so you want to see him take a big step. But with Jerry Judy, with KJ Hamler, with these young guys learning and growing, Dalton Reisner's only in year two. It's easy to think, oh, he's a six, eight-year vet. Garrett Bowles is still young by football standards. He's a little bit older in, in real life. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson, before he got hurt, is a younger guy. I don't know if you love the way he was playing. Um, and even Graham Glasgow's only in year five or whatever, right? He played four years in Detroit, I think. So you've got a young core on the offensive side. And on defense, you've got these young corners. It's a trial by fire. Ojemudia and Isang Bassi, they are they are learning on the fly. And now these other young guys are going to have to mix in because of these injuries. So Telvin Aguim, who his teammates and his friends call him Sosa, and he didn't even seem to really know why uh, when we asked him about it at the draft. But <laughs> so you got Sosa. You get Draymond Jones back in a few weeks. You know, I reported that he had uh, the knee injury, LCL sprain. So he's going to be out uh, – it may not be before the buy, but so you've got these young pieces to that one you can build around them, which they certainly are. Cortland Sutton, when he comes back, still certainly very young. Tim Patrick, Deshaun, these guys are young, and obviously Drew Locke. We'll get to Drew in a sec, but these guys are just learning and growing together, and they don't know any better other than to play hard. So the other side of, of it too, or one other thing worth noting. Just law of averages, you're not going to have a team get snake bitten like this year after year after year. Yeah, unless you're the Chargers, I guess, uh, where it does seem like every year there's something catastrophic. And two of the last few, it's been to Derwin James, maybe the best safety in football. But law of averages would say that these guys aren't going to experience this again anytime soon. Not that it won't ever happen again, but to have $55 million of salary cap on IR and, mm. and all these Pro Bowls on the shelf, it just seems unlikely but they're learning how to play without these guys and kind of becoming the new leaders and the, and the new building blocks centerpieces for this organization. And then you hope that Drew Locke, when he comes back, gives you that shot in the arm and he can carry you to a couple wins as well. 
Yeah, and I, I suppose, Brandon, one of the things I'd be interested to hear from from you is you're there on the ground. And we had talked when we had you on previously about that camaraderie that there seemed to to be amongst the team. There, there really was a togetherness, the young guys kind of coming together. What, what is the, the feeling in, in the building now? Um, you know, are, is that togetherness still there despite all these injuries? Well, and that's the sense I get. And in some ways, it's kind of a changing of the guard. Yes, Cortland Sutton's young, right? But the other guys that are hurt, specifically Vaughn and Jarrell, they're kind of in that other group. Now, Vaughn is super inclusive and wants everybody to come to his house all the time. And Jarrell, by everyone's account, has been a great leader. So I'm not trying to force those guys out the door. But the core of the team is those young guys. It is Philip Lindsay. It is Dalton Reisner. It is Drew Locke. It is Bradley Chubb. And those guys are all 25 and under for the most part, 26, 25 versus the guys that are 30. I know that's not the biggest gap in the world, but in football years, it's kind of like dog years. And so these guys are learning and growing together and bonding even more, especially in such a weird year. You kind of have to have this, hey, we're in this together mentality. And because you're so limited socially, at least you should be if you're following rules and following protocols, the only people you can hang out with away from the building other than your significant others and you're hoping that they're staying safe is your teammates. So if you want to do something, you probably are just going to a teammate's house to hang out because all you can do is go have video game tournaments or play cards or whatever it may be, because you can't go to bars or clubs or anything that normal young. And I'll say rich. Cause even the, the guys making the minimum are rich, but young, you know, rich kids <laughs> would be doing on a given night, you know, when they had free time, they can just go to to their teammates' houses and hang out or play video games online or whatever it is. Brandon, um, here, I wouldn't mind playing a few video games. I want to work. I would love it. A, a very quiet start to the season for Jake Butt. I think he had like one reception against Tampa Bay. Can can we see – like, do you think we'll see anything from him maybe the next couple of weeks? I know he's had his – it is his year this year. Hopefully well, we can maybe see something. Well, here's what I'd like to see is his first touchdown, right? He came into the year, eight catches, 85 yards. And I'm going to keep ringing the bell for Jake, Butt until he turns into that steal of the draft, like, like I've been saying since 2017. Uh, and I tell him this a, a lot when, whenever he and I end up crossing paths or, or if I'll get a chance to talk to him, I had him on uh, the podcast right after he, he made the team on the Broncos daily podcast. And he's a guy that's easy to pull for his whole team is pulling for him. You know, when I tweeted that he was going to make the team and said that, Everybody in the locker room is pulling for him and, and use a Drew Locke quote. Demarcus Walker said, yes, this is true or something like that. Like Demarcus Walker indicated that he's pulling for Jake, but now they're the same draft class. And and so it, it's a great story. He did make a heck of a catch. His lone catch was a heck of a catch. He almost had his first touchdown, but the Titans linebacker made a hell of a play in week one. The play design was the right call. Uh, at least, you know, talking to the football people, I trust that, that they, and that's even what, uh, I think either Shermer or Locke said, like, we got the look we wanted. He was in ahead of Nick Vanette last week. They paid Nick Vanette bigger money, and he was a healthy scratch. So that should say something about Jake Butt right there. So I think you will see some production. Here's the thing, though. When they're on the field together, Noah Fant is going to be your first target uh, ahead of Butt. And when it's two tight ends, plus you have Jerry Judy in the back side of the backfield, now KJ Hamler plus Tim Patrick. So you're trying to spread the ball around. In this case, Brett Rippon will today. Uh, but I do think we'll see Jake Butt get in the end zone here soon for his first career touch. I, I imagine. So I think one of the things that's been really 
um, pleasing is that on the touchdown drives we have really spread the ball around. We haven't we haven't been overly reliant on one guy, and uh, that that's been really really good to see. I suppose, Brandon, um, thinking about then t- tonight's game. What what are your if, if we were to, to to ask you for how, how it's going to play out? Uh, what are your expectations? Well, the thing you always hear in football is you want to win the turnover battle, and against a really bad team, you can't give them extra opportunities. I guess either way, the Jets might be looking at it as the Broncos are a bad team. So I think whoever wins the turnover battle likely wins this game, right? You're seeing Sam Darnold just pick sixes, playing poorly against the Colts. Well. One, it's deflating, like we saw with the blocked punt early in the game against the Bucs. And then two, it, it really does swing the, the field and the score, potentially three points to six points, you know, up to 14 points, right? You may be ready to punch it in. There was a college game here last week, uh, Kentucky and Auburn, and Kentucky scores. The player's entire body was in the end zone. The refs miss it. They don't, they don't go back and review it or whatever. The next play pick 600 yards the other way, literally 14 point swing. So I think you need to eliminate those. I think you want to commit to the ground game as much as you can to make Brett Rippon's life easy. I think you want Melvin Gordon to have a, a healthy diet uh, or a healthy dose, I guess, and, and a steady diet for the jets, I guess of Melvin Gordon. You want to see him maybe over 20 carries, not just 20, 20 touches, 20 carries. So I think that that's kind of the recipe for, for success is, and, and I guess it's a little obvious, but control the clock, Run the ball. Don't make Brett Rippon have to make too many plays. Uh, let him make the plays that are there. Uh, and and if you're running the ball, it sets up play action. Uh, but he is going to run the offense, I think, effectively. He knows how to read defenses. He'll get him in the right play. And so uh, I think that tonight, I'd like to see the not like to see the Broncos win. I'm picking them to win, uh, <laughs> but not by a lot. It'll be somewhere in that like 20 to 16, 17 kind of range, which means they'll they cover. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah, and, and they're slight favors over here for the first time in a couple of weeks. So, please hope that will happen time, tonight. Well, they get the Dolphins. No, I was like... but, well, going to New England, they're not going to be a favorite, you wouldn't think. But that's, I think, Brandon, that could be a like, I think we could have you on for a two or three hour sit down table conversation about the first four or five weeks at this point. But I have to say, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on here, man. And I know me and, me and Colin, everybody watching this, really appreciate getting your insider view. And for anybody that Maybe hasn't checked out Brandon's podcast, uh, the Broncos Daily podcast. Check it out. I mean, Brandon gets all the scoop very quickly, if not first, with all these injury reports and stuff. So it's. I want to stop getting him. Not that I don't want to be the one to break, <laughs> but I don't. I just want. I want this team to take a few weeks off uh, off the injury report. I mean, every Monday it's, and in this case, it'll be tomorrow, so it'll be a Friday. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we can take a break from that for a while and just have. Uh, a reaction to the game and then a preview of the next game without having to navigate these injuries. And Colin, hopefully we start the weekend off on the right foot then. So no tax to Brandon and a, and a win tonight, yeah? Yeah, that, that'd that be a lovely way to to start our uh, Friday morning off to get a, a, the first Broncos victory <laughs> of the season and uh, have the entirety of the weekend to enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah, that sounds great. I think for everybody here in Broncos country, including myself, I'd love for my phone to be nothing but uh, scores of, of other games and, and just kind of seeing what's going on around the league uh, unrelated to the Broncos. Nice quiet weekend uh, building off a win as they then turn right back around and go to New England next week. Yeah, so Brandon, look, thanks very much for coming on, man, and uh, enjoy the game tonight. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Cheers. Talk to you soon. 
So that was Brandon Cristal. Uh, great to have Brandon on all the time as well. Colm, good, good friend of the show, and we, and we appreciate his input ahead of tonight's game. Here, Colm, really quickly, man. Mark couldn't make it tonight. And he texts me what he thinks is going to happen. So let's just get the Mark's moments out of the way. Okay. I think you're going to like this. He's exhausted. So sorry, Mark. Uh, he thinks Brett <laughs> ripping. You'll, you'll not be ripping at this. He's going to have two touchdowns. Uh, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy. Melvin Gordon's going to have a rushing touchdown. Garb Bowles is going to have a stellar career-defining game so far. And the defense to play well, but not amazing. Broncos 21, Jets 10 final. That was Mark's moments, albeit a very short Mark's moments. And I regret not putting the image at the bottom now for Mark's moments. But Colm, um, good to hear from Brandon. Just really quickly, man, you know, can we win this game tonight? What has to happen for us to win this game tonight? And if we don't win this game tonight, where is the season at? Um well, okay. Firstly, I think Brandon uh, um, talked a little bit about it. The, we we can't be sloppy, and we have been, and we have made mistakes over the opening three weeks, and that has allowed the opposition in. That ha- that can't be the case tonight. It, this is let's be honest, right? You're, you've got two teams that are struggling to playing tonight, so it's going to be who makes the fewest mistakes. Um, I, we. We also, I think, I, I I can't imagine it's a high-scoring game given what I said in the opening segment to the two lowest-scoring teams. So I don't think it will be. Um, I think for us, we need to score. We need a takeaway, and we need to to we need probably a pick six um, or um, an interception that takes us right down into the the red zone. I think we need to get pressure on um, Sam Darnold. I think Bill Belichick ruined Sam Darnold's career last last year. Um, he, as he has done to others, he just he sent the house at him. And we've talked we talked about this a little bit with Stuart in the post game. When you're a young QB, and if you don't get protection, you you can become trigger happy. You can see things. You're, you're worried about getting hit um and 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 where the hits are coming from and your timing goes and it's very difficult to get it back so we need to put Sam Darnold under pressure so that um we you know un- unfortunately that's what football is but it's about exploiting your opponent's weaknesses and on the other hand though Sam Darnold is under pressure in New York he needs to play well tonight he does, <laughs> he does. and we 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 have to ensure that that doesn't happen um I think for for us as well, we need to lean more into Melvin Gordon. We need to get the, the run game going. Can the Broncos win this game? Absolutely, they can. Will the Broncos win this game? That, is, that comes down to, to minimizing uh, mistakes. That comes down to the O-line playing a whole lot better because yet another new QB, a guy who looks more mobile, but... We have given up so many sacks, so many QB yeah. hits over the, the last two weeks. That has to change tonight. Has to. And and there's, there is a lot of positivity around Brett, around Brett Rippon, and I get that. And the, the only thing I'll say about this is this. He didn't play a lot of time on Sunday. So it's going to be one thing to see how he does actually play. Uh, look, the only way is up, baby. So let, let's see what happens. Thursday night football. I think we win it. I think we win um, a very low-scoring game. Uh, a very very low scoring game i think we win like 14 to 10 or something um look it's a game it doesn't matter like i see all these people going oh broncos jets like we've waited 
nine months for a season. I think we can enjoy a game regardless of what time is on us. So I hope whoever's watching this around the world, uh, thanks for watching this. Hope you enjoy the game tonight. We might be back live after the game, will we? We we could we could I guess it, like it will be it will be the 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 middle of the night slash early morning here in uh, Dublin. We're we're talking about probably in around kind of four thirty a.m. Um, oh, four, sure. Colin. Four. Come on. It starts well, at one twenty a.m. It has to be over at four. Well, it depends on. I mean, it depends on. Does this game go to overtime? The e the Eagles and the Bengals played for nearly four hours. On Sunday. Anyway, on, on that note, thank you, thank you for that positivity. I think I might need more of this and not more of the coffee. But uh, yeah, wherever you're watching, enjoy the game Thursday night football. A little break after, and uh, hopefully the Broncos get a win, go one and three. And with a win, it transforms the outlook in the season. With Drew Lock, hopefully back next week. Colin, thanks for your time, man. Everybody enjoy the game. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. <laughs>